Hey, everybody, you're listening to Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. We've got a huge episode today. Uh, Foster Lawyer, Thomas Kittier, both have entered the transfer portal. Uh, Aaron Henry has declared for the NBA draft. And, um, damn, what am I missing, Tim? Um, Lankford's done oh, playing basketball. Josh, Josh Lankford is done playing basketball. Jeez. Great start. There we go. Uh <laughs> Uh, football-wise, uh, there's obviously this uh, spring football event is what it is now on Saturday. A uh, bunch of incoming and outgoing transfers. Uh, and I'm pretty much just going to give a breakdown of what the roster stands right now. Cam, if you want to start with the basketball stuff, go for it. Okay. Um, Ryan touched on a couple of these. Uh, you know, basically – Spartan fans have known about a couple of these guys for a while. Um, and I mean that literally like this news is old now in the date we're recording. Um, but we're going to touch on it real quick. You know, Jack Hoiberg, he's going to go play at Texas Arlington. He's trying to get some actual tick. I think he's good enough to play, you know, somewhere D1. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think he can uh, be a bench guy from uh, mid major. Yeah, I I really am curious to see how that goes. It, um, I hope he lights it up. That'd be honestly, it'd be awesome. Um, we talked about Josh Langford. He's just done playing basketball. Um, he's gonna you know pursue a career and one thing or another. I actually don't know <laughs> if he said what it was. I'm sorry, Josh. I can't remember, but. You know, he's he's done playing basketball, and I think, you know, there's probably an element of his body's really banged up, and, you know, his career at MSU isn't exactly how he envisioned it coming in as McDonald's All-American, but Josh Linkford's a really smart kid. He's a really um, wise kid for his age, and I think that uh, he's going to probably succeed, I think. Um and uh, Aaron Henry, we knew for the whole season already. Um, he's going to be done playing at MSU <clears throat> after this season. And he was an awesome player. He was the star of the team. Basically dragged them to the NCAA tournament to keep the streak alive. Aaron Henry, I mean, he hung a bunch of banners in his time. It was fun to watch him play at MSU. But we knew this was coming, Ryan. Not a big deal. Um, frees up a scholarship for, you know, some of these guys coming in. And uh, I think he's going to get drafted. And I think he did improve his stock coming back this season. Especially, you know, he's the star of the team. That, that certainly helps. But um, anything to say about those two guys? Uh, honestly, yeah, not a bit surprising. I uh, figured that was going to happen. Uh, obviously, Aaron Henry uh, pretty much – Drag MSU to the tournament, like you said, and uh, if Hoiberg can get some tick at UTA, that'd be cool. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, Foster Lawyer. Now, in hindsight, it's like it feels like we could have said, like, oh, we always knew he was going to be transferring. I, I mean, like, yes, I still, I even said on here, I wasn't so certain about him leaving. Um, you know, he had like a captain sort of role and, <laughs> you know, there's people talking about him actually being like a, like a grad assistant, um, being a coach, coaching position. Uh, but lawyer, maybe you can enlighten me. Uh, he's like in the transfer portal essentially, right? Um, it's not, it is like, is there an element of he might quit basketball? Uh, I haven't seen anything about him possibly quitting basketball lately. I think he's going to wind up actually playing somewhere next year. I, I would assume that's why I entered the portal. But, uh, yeah, I probably going to wind up in a mid-major, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, he had uh, he actually did have, like, sh- shoulder surgery. So um, that's an element there in terms of his recovery. But, um, Lord, you know, if he transfers somewhere, he's at a mid-major, I, I guess. Um, he's going to just fine I think I think he's gonna probably have some moments where 
the high school lawyer is going to return. That if he transfers to a mid major, that's my not so hard prediction. Um, Kithier, he has also entered the transfer portal and found a home already um, at Valparaiso. Um, I don't know if I, any of us have mentioned it yet, but Lawyer and Kithier both already graduated from Michigan State. This was part of the reason everyone was, you know, sort of. Um, predicting that maybe this was a possibility and they were exactly right apparently um thomas Kithier. uh wow oh yeah fun talking for you at msu <laughs> um i already said it on this podcast if there was a, a reason for me to be happy that thomas Kithier is leaving it's that i we'd never have to talk about him anymore like, that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> um, not, like, because I think he's terrible. Because it's just been this never-ending argument. And um, and the the truth is, is that it, the the truth lies somewhere in between. You know, Kithier wasn't terrible. It's just his ceiling and his floor were, like, pretty narrow. And um, he was just pretty much good or under that start to finish um i think he reached his ceiling as a freshman that's my opinion um he did everything like i guess he made like the right play but there was a pretty big size issue in my opinion like the height thing aside his first money ball thomas kithier I saw him standing next to Aaron Henry, and I was like, wait, this Kithier, he's supposed to be a Big Ten big? Because, you know, I'd never actually seen him play in person. I assumed he was going to be like a big kid, you know? Tom Izzo's recruiting him to play, you know, a four or a five at Michigan State. Um, Didn't look that much bigger than Aaron Henry in my eyes at Moneyball when they were coming in their freshman season. And I always wondered, I was like, how is he going to, you know, he looks like he's a little bigger than wings, maybe. And he's supposed to be, and then you see him out there against some of these, like, giant dudes. And you're just like, I don't think that any of this is a coincidence. Like, he might be a little um, at a disadvantage because of just these, you know, inherent um, sort of gifts or whatever you want to call it that these guys have. And he doesn't, um, all that aside, uh, like the people that like, we're blaming everything on Kithier. That was, this is definitely wrong. Like not wrong in terms of like, you guys should be ashamed. <laughs> Maybe, but more of like, he wasn't the, the issue exclusively. That's, that's for sure. Um, in this past season, um, it just was a, sort of a team-wide across all the positions almost. Um, so anyway, do you want to say anything about Lawyer and Kith here? Yeah, so not going to lie, kind of happy they're not on the roster anymore. I mean, it's disappointing they didn't work out, but um, these two guys just aren't uh, – if you're going to win big, these guys aren't guys you're going to have featured on a team uh, in the Big Ten. So, uh, good luck to them, but I, I think this is best for both parties for them both to move on. Uh, obviously, Kithier wound up at Valpo. Apparently, I don't know if this is actually true or not, but he had offers to uh, go to Indiana and uh, Nebraska. I would assume he would have had – about the same minutes he would have had he had at Michigan State this year, so that's probably why he went to Valpo, so we get a bigger role there. But um, yeah, so everybody knows my opinion on Thomas Kithier. Um, it's pretty well documented. <laughs> um, he, he's just uh, he when in high school he just when MSU got his commitment, I think he committed as what a sophomore, I, I believe. Um, he just didn't yeah. grow. He didn't grow. He was six eight then. He's six eight now. Um, 
he didn't get bigger. I think the staff kind of thought he would get bigger. And unfortunately, he did not. He, like you said, he probably reached the ceiling his freshman year in college. He might, I think he peaked in high school, to be completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not a knock on the guy, dude. I'm serious. I, I'm not trying to rip the dude, but like he, he just stopped growing. It's not his fault, you know. Um, he, he just stopped growing, you know. It, it, it just, they were, I think they were expecting him to grow another two inches or something. It just didn't happen. That's a really so, good point. I didn't even consider that, like, ever. So, well done, Ryan. I do want to say, um, I have said this. Kithier could be a part of a championship team. He literally was. but Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a supporting role. And he can't, it would he have can't to be, be playing. He, he can't have be playing be twenty plus. Yeah, he can't be playing twenty plus minutes a game. A supporting role that. with like surrounding, you know, good front court guys. Like we saw it, he could do it. Um, right, but no, not as like. Yeah, just not as a starter, and certainly not as a starting five. I. It, just clearly couldn't work for certain matchups he would never be a guy that could work and you saw as the team went down the stretch he was you know fewer and far between part of that so yeah dude i mean i thought he was for a while i thought he might come back but once he didn't he didn't play at all in two of the last three games the writing was kind of on the wall that he wasn't going to be back hmm. i think yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, like, I, like I said, Tim, I wasn't trying to rip him or anything. I, it's it's true. What I'm saying is true. He, <laughs> he he didn't grow. I mean, I think that they were expecting him to grow another two to three inches. It just didn't happen. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. that's something that like you do hear a lot. Um, and <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the projection for Imani Bates, like when he was a freshman, or like this kid's gonna be like seven foot. Um. Not that that's not happening. I'm just saying, like, you see my point. Like, this is something that they do commonly. And, uh, yeah, I I would imagine that would have to be true because, like I said, I, it, it seemed pretty obvious seeing him in person that it was seemed, – seemed strange, you know. I, 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 I hope that they learned their lesson to not take a commitment like that super early again. Is what I'm hoping that they gained from this experience because it's just yeah, that's a guy you could have waited on probably. You're you're probably right. His offer he, was, sheet. he was a um, you know, his mom mom is an alumni. What's that called? There's a word for it. Um. <laughs> anyway, you know he's legacy. got it in he's, the he's, he's a he's a legacy or legacy. That's what it's called. Jeez, academic legacy, not a player right. legacy. Exactly. Now, there's that, but I'll say this. If they had been correct and Thomas Kithier was 6'11", things might have been significantly different. Different different ballgame, for sure. And so, like, there's a lot of factors here. Um, You know, because in my head, I thought, there's an explanation (laughs) for why Tom Izzo gave this kid a scholarship. I just don't know what it is. No, no, and, I, I, I had been ripping, I'd been ripping it all season two until I kind of learned what happened. Like I, 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 I was like, like all year this year, I was like, how the hell did this dude get an offer as a sophomore and commit that really? And then you, know, you look at, you look at how tall he was when he's a sophomore, and he just didn't get any bigger. I mean, that's exactly what happened. And unfortunately, you see guys like Travion Williams, who uh, was obviously uh, playing high school ball in Metro Detroit. Uh, <laughs> completely different ball game if you get if someone like him is at MSU instead of Kithier. But you, like, I, like I said, man, you just don't know sometimes. It's, it's, sometimes things just don't work out the way you expect them to. Yeah, you know what's hilarious is <laughs> like this uh, – foster lawyer Thomas Kithier thing we're talking about that like in quotes didn't work out look how many championships and banners they hung in the three years they just had the one year that like wasn't good and it was be kind of because that recruiting class sort of underwhelmed but like if that's your problem if those are the problems that you have as a program 
Seriously? Like, right. Let's think about how how good they've got it. No. Yeah, I mean that that 2018 class just didn't pan out. So well, I mean, it's it's too it's still TBD. Gabe Brown yeah. and Bingham next year, and I think they they can both have pretty good years next year. But I mean, two of those were just complete misses, unfortunately. And uh, if, you, if you're taking a five man class, you really it's really bad if you miss out on two guys that just are not up to snuff, you know. That's that's true. Um, next year, though, the senior year for Marcus Bingham and Gabe Brown, um, you know, they could really, like, change things in terms of their legacy at MSU. You know, Lawyer and Kithier don't get to <laughs> claim anything that happens next season, obviously. But, um, you know, if they were to go out and do something big, who knows, you know? Um, that in my, the reason I'm bringing this up is if they were to, let's say they hung some banners. Okay. Um, that would be one hell of a, of four years for them. I mean, they would have left MSU winning many games, hanging a lot of banners. Three, three big 10 titles. If they do that. Yeah. Three out of four. Pretty Pretty damn good. Good. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, they've got a Final Four under their belt. They don't really get to claim a lot of it. Definitely not Marcus Bingham. Um, but, you know, let, I'm not going to get carried away, and I'm not even projecting that stuff. I'm just saying, what if? That would be, you know, those two guys could really uh, hang their hat on some Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, and I didn't really get to the lawyer, but I mean, if you watched him in high school, you know how good he was in high school. And uh, oh, yeah. unfortunately, his size just does not translate to the Big Ten. I mean, I thought maybe maybe it's different if he's not injured half the time he's here and he can become like an effective three point shooter or whatever. But uh, I mean, the guy's just not a very athletic. He's not a super. I'm, Relative to Big Ten talent, he's not that athletic, obviously. I mean, um, and he's just uh, just didn't work out. Those two just didn't work out. And uh, I mean, yeah, they did win two big champion, two Big Ten championships. But uh, I mean, Kithier, I'll think of expectations we really had for him. To be completely honest, when he came here, I don't, I don't think that he. I would I would say he maybe underachieved a little, but not a ton. I think we knew he just had a low low ceiling. Lawyer disappointed completely, unfortunately. Um, and uh, part of it might not be his fault, but um, I think Izzo might take another look when he's recruiting these undersized uh, on athletic point guards <laughs> again. But we'll see. Yeah. Um... I'd have to agree on the lawyer thing. Kithier, yeah, Kithier was like, I guess, somewhat of a disappointment. But hey, like you said, not a lot of big expectations. Lawyer, man, he had some hype, right? And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a disappointment. I was even a guy who tried to, you know, defend the, but that was because I was defending a kid who's only had two years behind like a generational player there who didn't, you know, it's not like he was ever going to be able to win a starting spot, but, you know, I said, give him, you know, at least let's see this year now that he's got the chance to win the role. And, uh, you know, he, he failed the audition. So, yeah. Um, sucks. I mean, there was nobody who wanted me wanted to see lawyer just completely go off on the big 10 more than me, you know, it would just be so pleasing to have some little, you know, kid that could just light it on fire. Steph Curry, like that's what, you know, I think all of us were hoping and envisioning, right. But, uh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, so we can get to football here in a second, but, uh, scholarships on the team, 11, now um that leaves two openings 
Um, a lot of people sort of trying to guess what's going to happen with those two. I don't really see the point in trying to guess what's going to happen. But I can say um, some some of the action that is circulating. Uh, obviously, Imani Bates is a person that could reclassify and take one of those scholarships. That's like completely in the realm of possibility. Um, and then a familiar face. There's been some rumors about Rocket Watts. Ryan, how about you uh, fill us in on these rumors? Yeah, so apparently Rocket was – I mean, I don't, I saw Foster Lawyer at the spring of football event or whatever it's called on Saturday, so I don't know how much this matters. But uh, Rocket Watts is apparently back on campus today, and there's rumors that he may return to the team and leave the portal. I don't know if that's going to actually happen. But those are rumors that are going around. Um, so we'll see what happens. But there's obviously two spots available now. So uh, if, you, if he comes back, uh, or we'll see if he comes back or if they take another transfer and try to save that scholarship for Bates. But I, I don't know. We'll see. But those are the rumors. You know, I don't know anything about these rumors. But Rocket had a graphic. He, like, I know he doesn't have to make the graphic or probably not even hard, um, but, you know, he probably had, like, a long talk with Izzo, I imagine. It's hard for me to see where he would just, like, get all this interest from all these schools across the country and just be like, nah, actually, I changed my mind. Nah, I guess it's certainly possible. I'm not going to say that. I have seen that a lot of these top teams that uh, like Florida State and Oliva are just not in on him anymore, so that might have something to do with this. I don't know. We'll I we'll see what happens, but uh, it seems like a lot of his top choices have uh, evaporated for him. But we, I I do not know for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and find out. Um, okay, well we've pretty much covered the basketball team. You know, it's going to be quiet. Um, you know, there's going to be always Imani Bates looming. But um, until then, I don't really think there's going to be a lot of action. Um, that could be any time. <laughs> like, from now until August. Just any day. Yep. That's um, just taking time on. Okay. Well, basketball, offseason, all wrapped up. Let's get to football. I know that's what people want to talk about. Ryan was at the spring game, ground zero. Ryan's going to fill us in. He's going to do a whole rundown of the team. And... Let's just imagine you know nothing about football. Well, not football. MSU football. <laughs> um, Ryan's going to make you a, a pro. Um, you're going to know everything about him. Coming into this next season, Mel Tucker's first normal season, or are we not going that far? Yeah, it's definitely his first normal season <laughs> last year. I mean, he didn't have any pra- – he didn't really have like, – he had like, two, what, three weeks of practice time? Before. Yeah. When you talk about, like, excuses and, you know, all the kind of rivalry (laughs) banter, like, well, look what he's coming off. I mean, this is, like, the ultimate, like, when he came into the program, like, asterisk excuse. In my opinion. Well, the rival can't really say anything anyways because we all know what happened this fall. So they can't say a damn word. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Oh, I uh, hate to break it to you, Ryan, but I think they just have been anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would. I don't know if we expected anything different from them. But okay, anyway, yeah, you go ahead, take it away. You've got the helm. All right. So Michigan State spring football event. They don't really do. They they aren't doing a green and white game anymore. Basically, they 
did a bunch of drills. They did seven on seven stuff. And then at the end, they kind of did offense versus defense a little bit. Uh, I was there, obviously, like Tim said. Definitely was cool to be back. That was the first live sporting thing I've been to and like since the Michigan State, Ohio State senior day for basketball like a year and a half ago. So that was pretty cool. Um, definitely all 6,000 tickets were pretty much used. I, it, there was a decent amount of people there. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I'm going to start out with outgoing guys. Let's just get this out of the way now. So, ton of transfers out. I think it's up to 24 now or some crazy number. Uh, obviously, Mel Tucker's trying to get his own dudes in. Uh, and let's be real, D'Antonio kind of shit the bed recruiting his last two years. Definitely his last year. Uh, the 2020 class is not, <laughs> it's not great. Um, so, to start, I am going to talk about outgoing people. So Julian Barnett, probably one of the only guys I was actually kind of disappointed in left. Uh, wound up in Memphis, was a defensive back, top 100 recruit. Devontae Dobbs, honestly, just did not live up to expectations whatsoever. Offensive lineman, winds up in Memphis. Just Lord Boateng, linebacker, I think he was in that 18 class, winds up in Akron. I mean, you've seen a theme here where these dudes are ending up. Um, Rocky Lombardi, uh, obviously the starting quarterback last year, just not a not really a Big Ten caliber starting QB. Winds up in Northern Illinois as a grad transfer. Don Long, defensive back. I was kind of hoping he'd be back. Uh, he's always been really good on special teams. Uh, has not picked a place yet, but he got a Duke offer, so he's at least getting Power Five looks. Chris Jackson, defensive back, was on, another guy I was kind of hoping would be back. Winds up at Washington State. Um, so there's another Power Five guy. Uh, Luke Fulton, linebacker, got in trouble this offseason, uh, was suspended from the team, transfers to Kentucky. Uh, Trayvon Morgan, wide receiver, had one catch for a touchdown this year. Uh, I thought he had pretty big potential. He was six foot seven wide receiver. Uh, winds up in Kentucky as well. Wide receiver Javez Alexander barely ever played, has not had, has not wound up anywhere yet. I think he was in the 18 class. Uh, fullback Max Rosenthal, uh, his position was essentially phased out with Tucker coming in. Winds up at Illinois, going to go play for Bielema. Linebacker Marcel Lewis, 18 class. Didn't really play much. I thought he'd be a decent player. Uh, winds up at CMU. Davion Williams, another 18-class guy from Belleville with Dobbs and Barnett transfers, uh, winds up at Western Kentucky. Uh, Anthony Williams Jr., running back, Akron. I uh, thought that he actually contributed a decent amount his freshman year. Um, Charles Willekes, Kenny's brother, walk on, winds up at Arkansas State. And then there's a bunch of guys who entered the portal in, like, the last two days. Uh, some of these dudes are, are – 2020 guys, so D'Antonio's last class, like I said, which was not very good. Uh, Justin Stevens, 2020 class, dude from Canada, offensive lineman out. Uh, Tommy uh, Guajardo, I actually kind of wanted him to be back. Uh, I thought he had some potential. Tight end, I was not going to play this year, out. Uh, Jack Olson, kicker, uh, since Coglin came back, he is out and didn't want to stay. Damon Kaler, okay. Not trying to rip the kid. Mark Staten offers this dude and takes his commitment right away instead of Nick Broker, who is the left tackle at Ole Miss. Starting left tackle. They take Damon Taylor instead. You want to know how much Damon Taylor's played, Tim? Essentially zero. Great job, Staten. You were really good at your job. Definitely no sarcasm there whatsoever. Taylor, out. Uh, another 2020 guy. Undersized defensive end. I've kind of seen a theme here with these undersized dudes. Uh, Josiah Robinson out. Diari Todd, uh, I think he was 17 class, uh, out. Defensive tackle. Uh, another undersized 2020 dude, Chris Mayfield, defensive tackle, out. And then um, three dudes retired from football. Tight end Matt Dotson, dealt with injuries. Trey Person, defensive back, 
honestly not that good, unfortunately. Uh, and Jordan Reed, who dealt with a lot of injuries and just got <laughs> dude should have never been playing at left tackle and got pushed around a ton when he was there. More of an interior guy and kind of got put in a bad position by the old coaching staff. Kind of a theme there as well. Um, not trying. I mean, Dan, like I've said plenty of times here on on this podcast, uh, D'Antonio obviously deserves a ton of credit, all the credit in the world for making the program what it was for a while, but he also deserves a lot of the blame for how the roster looks now, which is not filled with a lot of talent. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's 20, I think there's 24 transfers. And uh, I'm going to go through the numbers for uh, by conference where these dudes ended up. MSU trans, this is from Matt, Matt Wenzel, by the way. Um, MSU transfers out so far by conference. Four wind up in the MAC, two in the SEC, and worth noting, those two guys ended up at Kentucky, which isn't exactly an SEC powerhouse. Um, two went to the AAC, Dobbs and Barnett to Memphis. Max Rosenthal was the one guy in the Big Ten to wound up at Illinois. Chris Jackson, the one guy in the Pac-12 to wound up at Washington State. One guy to Conference USA and another guy to the Sun Belt, and there's a couple guys that just have not wound up anywhere, and I wonder if they're going to get picked up at a D1 school. Um, so yeah, those are the dudes that are out. Now the exciting part, dudes that are coming in. So MSU really hit the portal hard. I, Tucker is trying to upgrade the talent as much as he can because they're, like I said, he was not left with a lot. Um, and just don't, uh, He's, it, a lot of these guys just aren't band-aid dudes that are going to be here for one year as grad transfers. A lot of these guys have like three eligibility left, which is awesome. So these are guys that you can actually build things with. So um, these dudes are all incoming. Uh, Malik Carr from Purdue. Uh, Tim, you might actually be interested in this. He's supposed to play basketball here too. Uh, he was a big AAU uh he he played AAU. I can't remember who he played with, but he played with a couple of big names. Um, his dad's the an assistant coach, Cornell man at um, Missouri, and he's also Dwayne Stevens' cousin. So um, he's a tight end, wide receiver. He's going to be more of a flex. MSU really sold him on playing like a Kyle Pitts role, did like he did it at Florida this year. So he's got four years left. Um, he was a top 200 prospect. He's from Oak Park. Uh, so he's a very high ceiling guy. Uh, I've kind of made my thoughts known on state of Michigan talent. I think it's somewhat overvalued, um, but uh, it's, there's been a pretty decent bust rate if you look at like guys from the last couple classes, uh, like 2017. And I, I'm like, it's really bad. To be fair, there is a very big underlying theme in that 2017 class that a lot of those guys went to go play for Jim Harbaugh and they have not lived up to expectations whatsoever. Uh, just pointing that out there. But um, hey, Brian, <laughs> are we gonna we're gonna talk about how he committed in milliseconds? Oh yeah, good point. I forgot about that. Um, so Lee Carr basically enters his name into the transfer portal. And <laughs> puts out right away, I do not want to be contacted by any other, by any schools. So <laughs> Purdue fans were pissed. And I'm pretty sure one of their staffers, probably Brom told the staffer to leak this to uh, a Purdue rivals writer who put this information out on Twitter. And, um, Purdue, I, I, I would, I, I am not going to lie. I, fully think that something happened through the back channels here <laughs> that somebody from Michigan state contacted someone because uh, I, I, I don't think they contacted Carr or anybody, but I, I mean, the dude is Dwayne Stevens cousin and they're very, obviously very close. So something happened. I, and then you saw the, uh, the I, 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 teams can contact me now. Like two days later, and then two days after that, he commits to Michigan State. 
So, I mean, we all knew what was going to happen. So he obviously is going, he was at the spring game on Saturday, but a uh, high ceiling type player there. Um, six, five, he's a six, four, I think two twenty guy. So I'm interested to see if he, I mean, people have said that he could play basketball at, at a, um, power five, obviously not like be a star, but he could, he's a really good defender. So that's something to watch out for. Um, he's going to be joining Keon Coleman as a dual sport athlete. And I believe Adam Berghorst is also a dual sport athlete. He plays baseball. So there's three guys on the team that are playing two sports. Uh, next guy, this guy I'm really excited about. Um, Ken Walker from Lake Forest, a running back. He has three years eligibility left. He had 119 rushing attempts uh, for 579 yards and 13 touchdowns at Wake Forest. I think he's going to be the starting running back. Um, the running back room is, honestly, man, it has a pretty decent amount of talent. Uh, Eli Collins had a really good spring. Uh, he obviously was really big as a redshirt freshman uh, in 2019. And just he dealt with some COVID issues last year. Uh, during fall camp, so I'm interested to see what he can do this year as well. But uh, Ken Walker, I think, is going to be a stud, and he's got three years left. I'm uh, really excited about him. Uh, this one kind of raises the ceiling of the team, in my opinion, uh, a little bit. Anthony Russo, quarterback from Temple, he's a grad transfer. He's the all-time passing leader at Temple with over 6,000 yards. His issues are really honestly accuracy. He's got a huge arm, 44 touchdowns, 32 picks, and 68% completion percentage. So if he, if he can cut down on the turnovers, uh, I think he could have a year. We'll see if he can beat out uh, Peyton Thorne. I think it's going to be between him and uh, Thorne for the starting spot this fall. So this why this guy is going to be – also I think he's going to be really good. Offensive tackle, Jared Horst from Arkansas State. He has three years left. Outland, he was on the Outland watch list last year. Uh, I think he's going to be – he's definitely going to start. Um, he looked pretty good on Saturday. I, I don't – to be completely honest with you, I don't take a lot, especially from just – it wasn't even a game, really. It was just a practice with a bunch of drills. So, I mean, but I thought he, st he stood out to me when I was watching. Um Another running back, I mean, this dude is more of an R.J. Sheldon type player. Um, Harold Joyner, Joyner from Auburn. D'Antonio recruited him really hard out of high school. He's from Alabama. Um, also should mention that he is not on campus yet. Neither, neither is Malik Carr. Uh, these dudes are going to, these guys are going to be summer enrollees. The other three I mentioned are already on campus. So Joyner has three years of eligibility left. He's a former four-star recruit. He had 15 carries for 103 yards, two uh, touchdowns. Um, MSU, like I said, is going to play him like an R.J. Sheldon role. So he's going to be – sometimes he's going to be put in the slot. He, they'll put him in the backfield every once in a while. Uh, try to get him the ball because he's, uh, he's a big playmaker. So uh, Auburn fans did not seem happy with the way their coaching staff used him. So uh, another grad transfer, defensive end Drew Jordan from Duke. Um Obviously, he has one year left. Former four-star recruit. Uh, MSU recruited him out of high school under the old staff. Um, 102 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, 10 sacks in his career. I think he's going to be starting at defensive end this fall. He is on campus right now. Um, Kari Crump from Arizona. His dad is actually from Michigan, um, so he has ties here. He has four years of eligibility left. He didn't play at Arizona State last fall, so – I don't know if he's going to play much this year, but he's a guy that you can build with down the, down the road. Ben Van Sumeren from Michigan. So, interesting thing about Van Sumeren, I actually have a friend who uh, coaches his brother at Essexville. Um, but uh, he's got three years left. He moved to linebacker from H-back uh, last year at Michigan. Started a few games. I think he's going to play a lot next year. Um, so the thing with Van Sumer is he's got a brother. And like I mentioned, my friend coaches his brother. So uh, he gives me uh, – he tells me stuff like uh, how his game is 
et cetera, you know, but uh, Alex's brother is a high four-star, is a really highly rated recruit. He's a four-star recruit, former, former Michigan commit. MSU made his top group. Um, he's got offers from all over, like Alabama and Clemson are, re- are recruiting him really hard. So he's legit. Um, so hopefully he wants to play with his brother because those are two pretty big name schools. But um, yeah, Van Sumeren, I think, is going to play a decent amount this year. Really different to see a guy transfer from Michigan to Michigan State, but you know, those nowadays you can go wherever you want. So, um, uh, defensive back Chester Kimbrough from Florida, three years of eligibility remaining, was a high three star recruit, four star on rivals, 15 tackles, three pass deflections. Uh, I think he'll be in the mix to play this fall. Uh, defensive back Marquis Lowry from Louisville, four years of eligibility left, did, didn't play last fall. Um, this guy is really intriguing to me. Uh, by the way, those three guys are not on campus yet. Some are enrollees. Uh, same thing for uh, linebacker Tank Brown from Minnesota. He has four years left. Former four-star recruit was the highest-rated recruit in Minnesota's 2020. Um, he didn't play last year. He's a high-ceiling um, edge rusher. I think he's going to be, since MSU runs a two-linebacker set, I think he's going to be on the edge of a decent amount. He's going to be – so. Um, he, he could be a guy who wreaks havoc in the uh, on quarterbacks in the future. Uh, defensive back, Kendall Brooks from North Greenville University, which is D2. He has three years left, 78 tackles, two tackles for loss, one pass breakup at North Greenville. Um, he He's on campus right now. Uh, he honestly kind of stuck out to me on Saturday, so we'll see what he can do. Obviously a big step up in talent uh, in competition from D2. Um and there's two more guys left. So this name might sound familiar to Michigan State fans. Wide receiver Christian Fitzpatrick from Louisville. He has four years left. His brother, Dez, who is he's, – this he's from uh, – the Fitzpatricks are from Metro Detroit. His brother, Dez, uh, was really good at Louisville. Really uh, – he's going to be dra- – I don't know where he's going to be drafted, but he's going to be drafted uh, this week. So – Obviously, Fitzpatrick has some familiarity with Michigan State uh, being from Detroit. Um, played in one game last year, so he's got four years left. And then the big one, I think this might be the biggest transformation State's gotten, was announced today. Quaveris uh, Crouch from Tennessee, linebacker. Uh, I don't have his stats right in front of me right now, but he's a – Former top 100 recruit, everybody was recruiting him. He, he moved from running back to linebacker. Already made a huge impact at linebacker at Tennessee. Um, he is going to – I would be really surprised if he doesn't start right away. But, uh, yeah, lots of guys coming in. I think they said they have one spot left. So we'll see what they do with that. Um I do not expect this amount of attrition to continue every single year. Obviously, once Tucker gets his guys in, I think the attrition will go down. Um, he's uh, just trying to get his dudes, the dudes he wants in. And uh, there is a underlying theme with all of this. The small guys, most of them are gone. Uh, they, they're not, uh, he doesn't want the undersized Antonio guys to stick around to be completely honest. And, uh, these guys that he's bringing in recruiting and transfer-wise, big dudes. Um, he does not want to take undersized projects. Um, and I think that makes Michigan State ceiling a bit higher, to be completely honest with you, is if you're taking out uh, bigger guys, you can compete with the of the world usually. So, um, yeah, lots in and I'm going to go through the breakdown of where these dudes that came in transferred from <laughs> and we're kind of seeing a theme here of where these guys that are out are winding up and where these dudes that are winding or that are coming in came from so MSU uh, enrolled or committed transfer additions ACC four guys SEC three guys Big Ten three guys Pac-12, one guy, a, um, American Conference, one, 
Sunbelt, one. Division two, one. Uh, Tim, what do, what do you think that means? Because that's, to me, that's kind of telling on what the talent level was on the guys that were on the team that are leaving and the guys that are coming in. So, yeah. Um, huge, huge roster turnover, really. But, uh, yeah. So, makes a lot of sense. All right. So, uh, I'm going to go do a break. Let's go look at the breakdown by guys incoming in uh, transfer-wise for Michigan State. There's kind of an underlying theme here because you see where these guys that are coming, that are leaving, where they're ending up, and it's in smaller conferences and where the guys Michigan State is bringing in are coming from, which is most. So the ACC – there's four guys coming in from the ACC, three guys from the SEC, three from the Big Ten, one from the Pac-12, one from the American Conference, one from the Sun Belt, one Division II. Actually, never mind. Yeah, yeah it, it is three. This was updated today by Wenzel. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these undersized guys are kind of being told you're not going to play here. You don't really fit our system, so you should enter the portal. Um and in return, Tucker is bringing in these bigger guys. I mean, it's when you say there's an underlying theme here of talent being brought in and guys being kind of shown the door, Tim. Yeah, I mean, and it also matches the whole like hype from early when Tucker showed up of all the tall guys. I mean, it's kind of exactly what you're saying there. There's a clear strategy here. Yeah, and the thing that's different between this staff and the old one is D'Antonio was willing to take the undersized guys. And don't get me wrong, some of those guys have worked out. Like you've got a guy like Nico Salon who's like a 5'11 linebacker, and he's still – I mean, he wound up being an absolute stud, like an All-American type player. And Antoine Simmons, uh, who was on last year's team, smaller guy, absolute stud. So, I mean, I, you, they could work out every once in a while. For, but for one of those dudes, another two might not pan out. So I'd rather I, – I like Tucker's strategy a little bit more because at least you have size you can work with, and I feel like the bust rate of players is a lot lower with those guys. So – and like I was saying, I don't expect this type of attrition every year. I think this is kind of a one- or maybe even two-year two thing, and I still expect some guys to leave. Like there's one guy in the quarterback room who I think is going to be gone. Um I think there's a couple of guys on the defensive on, on the defensive side of the wall that won't be here. Um, so, I mean, there's still plenty of time before the season that some of these guys are going to move on. And uh, I, I just don't view – I think this attrition is going to be normal. I think this is kind of a one- or two-year thing because, obviously, th- this is kind of normal nowadays with new coaching staffs coming in. You see this kind of attrition for one or two years, and – uh, it's not the attrition kind of winds down once you get to year three or four, once he's got his dudes that he wants in the program. Uh, if you've got, if you're going into like year six or seven and you've got this type of attrition, yeah, you've got a problem. You're seeing that happen in Michigan right now. We all know what's happening right there and it's not good. So uh, I think Michigan States and, and I think I, 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 I mean, Tucker, the jury's out on him as a coach, but I think he's doing a good job of getting, talent into the program at the very least. So we will see what happens. Tim, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I am such a layman when it comes to this compared to you, but um, I know, like, how sports work. Uh, Generally, the real talent is what wins on the field. And when I, I say real talent, I mean stars don't actually come out you come out with you onto the field, right? Right. It's the dudes who are actually good at the sport, that that's who wins. Every time I played <laughs> a sport, the guys who were good. Now coaching is certainly 
involved once you get to a certain level. Um, and incredibly involved, of course, but, um, talent is huge. And if, you know, I, I was sitting there hearing a lot of fans complain about the talent and the recruiting at the end of D'Antonio's tenure. And, you know, from afar, I was like, well, D'Antonio, you know, was good at taking these guys and flipping them. You know, this is such a like general sort of look at it, but that's, you know, if I was, talking from a very common, very average fan, um, not someone who's as plugged in as you, um, it kind of makes sense that they tailed off if they're, they didn't actually have any talent. And um, if I was a coach that came in and had to fix things, yeah, I'd say, yeah, these guys aren't good enough. They got to go. I didn't bring them in. Um, and... We want size. Um, that clearly translates in. I mean, you go to the NFL Combine; they're all just like measuring dudes, right? And, like timing them. Like, there's got to be a a correlation here. And forgive me, but Tucker had he did some time in the NFL, right? Oh yeah, he was he was an offensive coordinator for the Bears for a while. I didn't go great there, but he was. He, I mean, he's got plenty of professional experience so you know this guy i mean clearly knows what he wants clearly is going out and executing and then um you know next follows the games and hopefully some success but yeah i I, like i've said dude i was so I, i had no excitement with the program in like the last especially like the last year d'antonio um, after just, I mean, they went into that year top 20 team after a seven and five season because they just had so many injuries that year and everybody thought the defense would be like elite like it was in 2018. And they didn't fix the offense. It was terrible. Um, he didn't really make any changes to his coaching staff besides the shuffling of coaches, which honestly, we all knew that was a joke when it happened. And, uh, I think he was just worn out, honestly, with with the he, he the recruiting just went completely downhill. I mean, Cincinnati was beating Michigan State out for guys they get in Ohio all the time. I mean, that's all you need to know, man. I mean, Cincinnati should not be beating Michigan State out for top recruit for recruits that they want in Ohio. I simply should not be happening. Um, but like I, I, this is the like I'm actually excited about the football program now. I and I'm not saying I'm not expecting a 2013 to 2015 type run again ever to happen again anytime soon. I, uh, I think expecting like eight plus wins almost every year is a more than fair expectation for Tucker. And not this year he gets another mulligan to me because last year was. To me, and that, a lot of other people are saying it was a year zero. And did it, did it, it, it sweet? They beat two top 15 teams. I, I mean, Michigan didn't wind up being that good, but when they played them, they were a top 15 team. Um, and but, it's a rivalry. That, right. Oh, I mean, yeah, that helps tremendously. Mel Tucker's in a position to go 2 and 0 against Michigan. There is a very good chance they beat them this fall. Absolutely. I don't I, want I, to get too carried away, but he is actually in a position to start 2 and 0. And that would be 2-0 against Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Dude, he, he's, if he loses again to MSU this, this fall and gets bum-rushed by Ohio State, the dude is going to get fired. So, I mean. Yeah, we can go down that. Right, that, we, later on before, we, before the season. Cross that bridge yeah, when yeah. we get there. But, yes, I think that there's just a bunch of reasons to be optimistic. Um, signs of improvement, I think, in my estimation. Um, so I agree with you. Oh yeah. I mean, this year I'm like hoping for like a bowl game, like, so like six and six, but like, once you get to like year three, especially year four, it's time to get rolling, you know, and, and win like eight to nine games and maybe even more. So, uh, I, you got to give them some, a little bit of time, but things I think are moving in the right direction. And I think that uh, recruiting is 
that they're in on some pretty decent sized names, and there was there was a lot of guys there on Saturday recruit wise, and they couldn't even talk to the coaching staff. They were just there to watch the game, which is pretty like telling to me that they're very interested. So I don't know, man. I'm pretty. I'm uh, got this summer. Uh, summer to me is just really boring. There's just not that much going on. <laughs> but MSU sports, so I'm kind of geared up for football and ready for it to get rolling. But, oh yeah, I can't wait to hear <laughs> the ups and downs of football season, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not, uh, as long as they don't win like two or three games, uh, I'll be happy. Like I've four, like two, two. If you win two, like zero to four games, then I'm gonna be pissed, but. If you get anything between five and eight, I can deal with it, you know. So I'm keeping my expectations low for this year. But uh, I think there's potential there. You've got to – you brought in a grand transfer QB who's uh, – I mean, he's got a really good arm. Uh, I think he makes the ceiling higher for this team. So, I and I mean, you've got, you've, you've got plenty of weapons on at the wide receiver position. Um, and uh, – they obviously brought in, I think, what can be a top-tier running back. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, things are moving in the right direction. I'm excited to see what happens. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything, I think. But... All right, man. Well, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm like you with the football team. I have much less of an emotional attachment than you. I know that. Like, the games are, <laughs> you know, loss probably just stings you a little more. But the reason I say this is that, like, I'm excited just to, you know, for a whole new era. Um, something new. It, who knows? Mel Tucker could be, he could start a fire at MSU in a good way. <laughs> not, you know, not, I mean, I think, not I think burning a... things down. I think he's a. I think he's got a high ceiling. So I mean, with the way he's, uh, with the type of guys he's bringing, in, he's got a high ceiling. We'll see if uh, his coaching can translate that uh, to that. But we'll stop. I I I do like what he's doing. Um, and uh, people have plenty of good reason to be excited about the future. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, they could. Go, he could go to and zero against Michigan. That that would just be that would that would that would uh, put him in pretty good graces with the fan base. I think if he beats, beats them again this fall, <laughs> might just be me, but I think that would help out a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I would have to agree. Um, well, anyway, uh, I'm sure that more dominoes are going to fall, right? Yeah, Which... I I think that they're almost done with the portal. Uh, recruiting is going to pick up with uh, visits opening up in June. Um, so uh, that's going to be huge. I mean, they, they, they've been recruiting by Zoom. They haven't had any. In, they've had one week of in-person visits with recruits, which, which was literally the. I think it was. Uh, what is that? The the Ohio State game was the one game where they were allowed to have recruits on campus. The, the basketball game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, really interested to see what happens because the staff has been pretty adamant that they that things are going to pick up even more once uh, visits open up. And uh, they – I mean, Tugger has said recruiting is the lifeline, bloodline of a, of a program. So, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Agreed. All right, man. Well – uh, I can just tell you right now we're gonna have a podcast if Imani Bates commits. Oh, to ab- say. absolutely, one hundred percent. On no the question, on the day or the next day, but yep. Um, you know it's gonna be kind of quiet. This is how this goes, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it does, man. I I I just want it. I want this done. I I want to know if he's coming or not. Uh, we'll see. I. I, 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 you and I, I think are both in agreement that if he doesn't come this year, he's not coming here. So he's got another what, like five months to figure it out, four months. 
So, yeah. and man, there's rumors left and right, but we'll find out. I'm sure. Um, but until then, uh, go green, go white.